So, hello and good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Sounds like the Truman Show. And good luck. <laughs> and good luck. Good night and good luck. And good luck. Now we just segued into... Oh, his name escapes me. Moro. More, uh, it's going to bother me. I'm going to remember it after the podcast. Edward R. Morrow. Thank you. I don't have Alzheimer's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good. Doing you, pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good. What did you do today, Andre? Um, nothing too much. I've, I wasn't working today. It's a Friday, so I had that day off. Good. Just got back from a lovely dinner with my family. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's about ten thirty at night here, um, and yeah, we're seven thirty here doing 7:30. the podcast. Yeah, this is what we're doing. So initially, like you and I were like texting last night, rather passionately about like future shows, because one of the things that came up about well, Ian, what did you do today? Before I move on, I don't want to be rude. I know. What about me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a dick. Um, I. Accompanied you to your doctor's appointment. Yes, I had an MRI today. And I looked at tonneau covers for the new truck. Yes. And that's about it. You got an estimate for the garage door. Oh, I got an estimate for the garage door. We have this old-ass garage door. What did the guy say? He showed up. Like, we have a door that's, like, it's wooden and whatever. And he looked at it like, you know, Paul Revere made it or some shit. And he was like, I don't got to talk to an expert who's, like, like, a thousand years old. I got to talk to my guy who does this ancient, this, this antique stuff. Old timey wimey shit. Yeah, that was funny. But they said these are you know they they don't want to use it because it's old and they have to adjust you know the, what they're doing. It's not easy like you know throwing up a just a, a new door and all that kind of stuff. I like the old door. Yeah, it's it awesome. Has, it has character. It does. It's very so. heavy. So because we have a brand new car and we're going through this big, um, I call it the great garage douche of 2018. So. <laughs> We're going through all your parents' shit of like, what, 40 years nearly out there in the garage. We're going to find Hoffa. We're going to find missing folks who've been missing for years in that fucking garage. So the, the idea was to put the, the new truck in the actual garage. I mean, what a concept, right? It barely fits, by the way. It's a big-ass truck. Barely fits. <laughs> but I now sleep better. This is, this is, I don't, this is old people's shit. I'm telling you, there was a time if you told me this is like what helps me like relax, I'd been like, get the fuck out of here. The fact that we can put the brand new truck that we just bought in the garage so people don't key it, because we have a lot of, we have a big outbreak of keyings happening right now in our neighborhood. You work really hard, Ooh. you save for a truck, and then some motherfucker comes along and keys your truck, you oh. know... Shit, man. Take your angst out somewhere else. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, so every night he puts that truck in the garage. That's not a euphemism. He's literally just parking a truck in the garage. <laughs> I, I I rest easy. So Also, public service announcement before we get into our righteous indignation that will be the show, probably on my, oh my part. <laughs> if you get a, a tragus piercing... I, and you and you think remotely, and you never really know how you're going to get injured. I mean, accidents happen in life. I learned a valuable lesson this week. If you get the ball in the circle tragus piercing, that ball is hard to fucking get out of your ear. You tried for three days to pry that out of my head. Yeah, well, I, we didn't know. I mean, we didn't know how it worked. Right. So the first time we tried it was was when you were supposed to get your MRI the first time, and we were like 15 minutes away from the... The appointment. the appointment. And I'm calling up. I have an emergency. I didn't yeah. want to tell him I was a dumbass who didn't like take the time in advance to get this. 
piercing out of my ear because I'm supposed to be of an age where I'm wise. Children, let me just tell you something. <laughs> just because you're older does not mean you're wiser. Don't so it, let anybody it, who's older tell it, you that shit. It took it took two pairs. It took a Leatherman, another pair of shitty pliers, and a Sharpie marker. To mark the ball to see the progress. To get Lefty, it, loosey, to righty, get it tidy, off. right? But you don't know kind of what direction yeah. that means. And it doesn't, it doesn't all the it doesn't like unscrew all the way off. It it's unscrews to a point, and then you got to pry it. You got to pop off the uh, the ball. Just absolutely hit me up. I'll tell you how we did it. If you if you have an MRI, <laughs> okay. So um, so before we get started, uh, thank God we have Andre. He's doing something. He's doing God's work. You know what he's doing? He's actually plugging our social media. He's actually he's actually doing our <laughs> social media because before. I think I was just like sending up smoke signals and just going, you know, to the random people at Trader Joe's. Hey, I do a podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> take it away for the pitches. Scrum, sure. So. Um, so if you guys are listening and you want to get into contact with us, uh, whether you want to leave comments about what we discuss on this episode or any past episodes or just on anything in general that maybe you wanted us to talk about, um, you can email us at ashlandpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, Ashland Podcast, and our website is ashlandpodcast.com. And if you like, at the end of the episode, don't forget to go down and leave us a review. Um, it makes the podcast look more legit and makes it easier for people to find us. And you can also subscribe while you're at it. <laughs> um, the app will automatically download your or our episode to your phone uh, for your enjoyment. Um, so, yeah. That sounded so professional. I don't think I've ever done that since. <laughs> Hardly. We've been doing, we, this is our third incarnation of a podcast. I don't think I've ever done it at the top. It kind of tells you why people don't subscribe to our shit so much. But since you've been, I had to say, since you've been on board with us and like doing this with us, um, numbers have moved in, in the positive direction. We've been seeing a lot of traffic. So thank you, Andre. Well, that's good. Well, you're welcome. And thank you, people who are listening and caring about things. We do appreciate you. We really do. People are listening from all over the place. And, um, and I look at where you are. Write us and tell us where you specifically are. You don't have to like give me your home address, but I'd like to know like what... Tell me about your town and why you listen and give us some criticism. Be nice, but give us some criticism. So, all right, let's get up into this. It's going to be hard for me to talk about this topic without getting kind of worked up about 13 reasons why. And I want to try to be cool. Yes. I really am because I know how hard it is to make things. And I know that people probably had good intentions. Um, yes, but I think they crossed the street and fucked up, but we're talking about the depiction yeah. of mental illness, uh, depression specifically, and then, uh, suicide as well depicted on screen, you know, and you and I were going to, I was, we were talking last night very passionately about what we wanted to do because it came out of like your friends getting, giving you feedback and we're getting feedback that, Hey, I don't watch that show. So why should I listen to this podcast? Fair enough. I mean, it requires you go watch like 10, 12, 13 episodes of a TV show yeah. just to turn around and listen to a podcast. So I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll get to it later. And we do see our numbers like jump up. And it's, it's not all about the numbers. It's about the experience. Trust me. The, the 13 mm-hmm. or 56 or 78 or 500 people who listen to a podcast, I love you. I don't need all the things of the world. But we were getting the feedback of, hey, you know, uh, I haven't seen Pose yet. I live my life 
it's very full and busy. I am not going to get to that show mm-hmm. in maybe a month or maybe not even this year. So yeah. we were noodling like topics. Like we talked about film score and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then one of the things we kind of landed on in this, because like we were filling up the Google Doc with all these ideas and stuff, the one thing we just went about in text was, I said, I would like to talk about um, mental illness, depression, suicide, things like that. And you were like, oh, my God. <laughs> we just <Yeah>. went <laughs> off on 13 Reasons Why in text. And I was like, well, let's be cautious. Let's wait. Let's wait. Let's wait. Let's wait. So I don't want to like spill all over the place. I, I don't want to break, you know, break my rule of putting something up just to shit on it. But I think there's something we need to talk about because the show is so popular. And mm-hmm. I, I think there's something that I want to say. Um, um, I should have said this warning very beginning. I'm going to say it in the description. If you are triggered by discussion of mental illness, depression, and suicide, please please stop listening now. Um, yes. I'm not trying to say that to be dramatic. Uh, if you are triggered, you're not in a good place, you're vulnerable right now, please reach out um, to someone near you. You can reach out to us uh, and we can direct you to, to people who can help you. I, I don't want you to get harmed by anything we do here. Um, so please, if you are triggered by these conversations, please tune out right now. Um, and again, if you don't know whom else to reach out to, we, we are not, none of us are mental health professionals at all. Uh, but we will try our best to get you some help if you need help. Again, I don't, I barely know how to live my life, but, um, I don't want you to hurt yourself in any way, shape Mm -hmm. or form. I'm only here to bring light and love seriously. So, oh, I need to say those two things before we get started. So we're talking about depiction of mental illness and depression on screen. And I rarely see it done well. And I think when shows address it, I tend to not watch those shows. What has been your you mm-hmm. two's experience with that? Like, do you, do you, are you cognizant of it? Do you seek it out? Does it register? Kind of the first question is like, does that draw you to something or repel you? from something if it's centered around this topic i i don't think that i seek out stuff like that um i will say that a popular thing amongst shows and t and um, films is to add an element of like a character having PTSD as a sort of uh, plot device that's the one that gets very you know very common and there are shows that are that do it uh very well um, but when it comes to stuff like suicide and depression and anxiety, um, it's where the waters can get a little muddied and a lot of shows don't tackle it because I mean, you're taught, you're dealing with these sort of subjects and if you don't do it right there, that could have a very negative effect on some people. Right. Um, like barring the fact that what it could do to like your credibility as a show or film, what it can do to people who sort of see a negative depiction like that. Right. Um, the most common like sort of criticism I hear and I myself make of mental illness on in media is that it's not something that a character is sort of, living with it's sort of there to serve the plot 
Um, and it's sort of, it uses mental illness as a way to sort of explain why a character is behaving in every which way, which is fine. But I think just like we were talking about in the last podcast, let's have shows where people are gay and then that's just like literally just in the background. They're just there. They exist. Let's have people that... Or we kill them. Are, <laughs> or, yeah. Let's have people that are mentally ill, but there are also some people that it, that doesn't sort of become their whole life. And mental illness for a lot of people is like a very up and down, on and off sort of situation. One day they're feeling fine. The next day they're feeling terrible. Right. Um. So, and the way I feel about 13 Reasons Why, and I'm glad you mentioned the thing about, you know, don't trigger yourself by listening to this. And because we will get into some pretty deep, deep shit. Um, the problem I have with this show is that I I've read and listened to all the defense that, that people have made against uh, for this show. And I want to say that if you're listening and you enjoy the show, it's completely fine. I'm not invalidating your opinion. I'm not saying you are ignorant, whatever. This is just how I see it. My personal experience with mental illness, how it affects me, how it affects the people in my life. This show to certain people, especially its audience, which is largely teenagers, it can be very harmful in the way it sort of depicts mental illness, not as something that people live with, but it's it's something that people use to excuse stuff like revenge and retribution. Um, and apart from the fact that you know, Hannah Baker in the show. And I have to say, I have not seen the second season. I personally don't want to put myself through that. Um, but you know, Hannah Baker, a lot a big criticism by some people was that in the show never touched, touched on how, like, I guess, I don't know what I'm trying to say, how she was, you know, depressed. She it never dealt with that sort of, it sort of focused on all the shit that was happening to her that led up to her, you know, killing herself. Mm. And I don't know, it, it, it missed a very huge opportunity to sort of show that in a way that not necessarily excuses the whole things with the tapes and like her, like posthumous retribution, but just in a way that makes it feel like this, that isn't the reason why she is like that. That isn't the reason why she has sort of these negative aspects to her personality. Um, I, and I, I, can we talk about what your sort of first experience was, Lisa, watching this show? Because I know we, we sort of have similar, you know, things that happen right. to us that we watched a show, we thought it was fine, but then we sort of heard other people talking about it. They're like, oh, yeah, that isn't, you know. Absolutely. Let's go back to that. So Ian and I, in our last incarnation, we had a a podcast called The Bad Kind of Puppy. And we actually covered um, 13 Reasons Why. And I remember it touching both of us. Like we were both quite emotional after watching it because it is done very well. Uh, The show is done very well. And it was Hannah's narration that pulled us in and we're relating to her. And they do this really hypnotic job of pulling you in. And we have this kind of heartfelt podcast I remember also kind of taking issue with it in that podcast of like, I feel like we are rubbernecking at something, but I think we mostly just ended up in that podcast talking about our own kind of experiences, right? 
And I, again, like with Insatiable, I, I was just forced for the trees of like, you know, later on, I didn't even hear the criticism. I was just looking at this thing as it was, it was after we had watched it going, wait a minute. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was fucking problematic as shit, man. And then I was just kind of embarrassed that we had sort of, or I hadn't at least seen the other side of it. Cause I just, yeah. I just missed it, you know, again, because I don't, I'm not drawn to this kind of material. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not drawn to true crime or serial killer movies for the same reason is that, you know, suicide amongst any age, but specifically the vulnerable, um, the isolated, uh, the people with drug and alcohol abuse, people in LGBTQIA have struggled with this. Young, The young, the people. I mean, I just, it's something that I, I'm not drawn to this material because I don't think they've done it correctly. The Virgin Suicides, everybody loved it. I went storming out of the theater. I didn't dig Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. I know these are popular titles, but I was like, you're glorifying some shit. Like, Glorifying Dahmer's um, victims and the girls who were in love with him in prison or the Zodiac killer. It's like people actually got were killed, dude. I don't find yeah. it to be entertaining and I don't find this topic to be entertaining as well. And when I had to step back from myself and go, shit. Yeah. So my, my first reaction, I would say, again, I was just so unaware of myself and low level f- filled with a little bit of shame, but I do have a problem with shame anyway. So there you have it. So what was your like thing? When did you realize like, it's like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't feel this way. Like what was your story? Well, kind of the same. Like I, I, while I was watching the show, um, you know, it's a very, very cinematically. It's a very well done show. Does awesome stuff with like tone and color grading, and, you know, the characters are pretty, like, interesting and you want to relate to them and care about them. And, you know, and then I was going along the first season just fine. And then I got to that scene where, you know, we finally, you know, see Hannah taking her own life. And it was it was extremely hard to watch um, because not that I have... I mean, I, I guess I kind of do. No one in my close inner circle, um, you know, committed suicide. I There was one student in my class when I was um, a sophomore in high school who, who did commit suicide. Um, but that was sort of the closest encounter I had to it. Um, but I guess just watching that on screen, again, it made me uncomfortable. I started questioning whether we really needed to linger on it this long and should the show have gone this far to be explicit? And then I watched like at the like after the first season, they they have like interviews with like the cast and the the crew, and they talk about how like that particular scene is designed to make you uncomfortable in a way that'll get you talking about it. And and I took that, I sort of accepted that for the longest time. And then um, one of my friends, I'll leave her name out because I don't know if she wants to, to be, you know, called out on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but she was sort of telling me, and she's a writer. I mean, she was she was telling me that you don't need to be extremely graphic to get a point across. Not at all. Especially when you're when you're dealing with suicide. I mean, I mean, like. 
people like, I don't know, getting shot or like whatever. I mean, I guess that's different, but something that I just like, no, but it also personal. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I guess I'm with you. I'm not, genre, I'm not, I'm not trying to criticize you at all. I'm just part yeah, of my I offhand. Mean, I know you're, I know what you're saying. I mean, I mean, like sort of the difference in genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. a- action movies, people are getting shot left yeah, and right. Okay, whatever. word. Yeah, I got you. Um, I got you. But and she's like, and she said, yeah, there, there's there's no clear cut reason why they needed to show this, especially since the book that it was based on. In the book, she Hannah Baker, I, if I'm remembering remembering this correctly, um, she overdoses on pills she doesn't she go doesn't this far slice, she doesn't slice her slice up her arms so me learning that sort of it invalidated the whole you know argument that it was it's designed to make you uncomfortable and to talk about it and now knowing that it's really there for shock value it's there to be more dramatic than someone just swallowing pills and to me that's really is it's it's a bit tasteless um, if I'm being perfectly honest. And again, I haven't watched the second season, but there is a scene very much like this at the, the very last episode of season two. And I only heard about it because when the second season came out, people were freaking out about the scene on Twitter and telling people, even though that the, I guess the episode was saying in the very beginning, you know, trigger warning for graphic violence and stuff like that. Like people were still going out on, on Twitter and saying, uh, just know if you're watching the show, there's a scene where basically a kid gets raped with a broom and it's like five minutes long. And it, and I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. And people love the rubber and, neck of the shit. They do. I mean, this is, what... I'm just, and that, that sort of made my, my friend's point even more, more clear to me. I like, at this point to me, it's the show literally just trying to get you to be shocked and like and and they made the same they made the same argument it's designed to make you uncomfortable so you can talk about victims of rape that are men okay but we can still have that conversation without seeing all of that you know you can you can it's literally as simple as you know a shot of the guy grabbing a broom and then we can infer from there what happens we don't need to see this kid this teenager screaming as this ha- as this is happening to him like that to me this it's just indefensible i don't i don't get it i really i really don't get it i agree with you i do so my turn <laughs> netflix <laughs> here i go we're, we're, we're giving each other breaks we're i'll keep it breaks. short yeah so you can just you can go and like you can tap out and get some water <laughs> sit back so Netflix aimed this show at a younger audience, no doubt. They were going for a teen audience. They need those teen numbers. They know their demographic. They don't share their numbers with us. But most deaf have been watching their programming, and they need that those teen eyeballs. So along comes this adaptation, which, like you said, is a lot more graphic than um, Asher's book. Asher's also problematic for other reasons, but we won't go into that just now. Just know, look him up. Uh, me too. Uh, so also, it's a deterrent. It's a, it's meant. Hannah's, you know, leading up and then this graphic uh, depiction of her suicide is meant to be a deterrent. Okay. Now, what's so suspect and shitty about that is I just I just catch this whiff of bullshit off of this, right? So Nick Sheff, the writer, um, who he justified this, and this is what he said. I stand behind what we did 100%. 
I know it was right because my own life was saved when the truth of suicide was finally held up for me to see in all its horror and reality. Nick, you lived. I'm glad you lived, buddy. I really am. I'm so glad that you lived. But your character, Hannah, does not. Also, Nick, you're fucking 36 years old. You have the advantage of time and perspective over someone who is young and vulnerable, who doesn't understand at all that, that it, it gets better because time changes. Maybe your life doesn't get necessarily better, but you focus on different shit. There's all kinds of things that lead you to suicide. And I, as a person who has been suicidal my entire life, I was suicidal earlier this month. I do struggle with depression and mental illness. I mean, this didn't trigger me because I'm in my fucking 50s. It's hard to trigger me. But when I was 18, 19, 17, you know, I was a tough-ass kid then, but I was just, I was so mad at the world. I, I lived just to spite people. So don't sit here and tell me that this is a fucking deterrent. This is masturbatory bullshit, and you know it, Netflix, and you know it, Nick. And when you tell kids, don't watch, don't look, uh, we in the 90s, what do they say? Tipper Gore came out and said, this rap music is just terrible. And they put an explicit lyric on the album. I remember getting in my car as fast as I could to go to the record store to buy hip hop to get the explicit label. Because in my young mind, it was like, ooh, I'm getting to do something. And that's all fine and good. If you love this show, I agree with Andre. If you love this show, you're getting something out of it. I'm not going to shit on your experience. I'm not going to deny you your joy. You have your own mind. Mm-hmm. Live your own life, young blood. But there are so many people, old, young, particularly young, though, in this culture with social media where they think their life is ruined. They don't know how to laugh it off or they don't know. I mean, they don't know how to process this everybody's reaction is going to be different mm-hmm. and i'm not saying you should laugh it off i'm just saying you can ruin somebody in an instant i mean i was reading the story about a woman who made a comment on facebook about the auschwitz teen taking a selfie and then some woman got so pissed off by this woman's comment she ruined her life for four years over a facebook comment so it's not just youth it's like everybody is so out for fucking blood and then you come along in this fucking climate and you put this irresponsible piece of fucking dreck on fucking TV and justify it and here's the incorrigible part. Netflix and Chef and the people who created the show and put it on TV is that you actually brought in psychologists and psychiatrists who are experts in this field and they told you not to release this show. And you did it anyway. Look, I know you guys love Selena Gomez. I think she's cute. I've been in her corner. I root for her. She's great. But I think she's wrong on this. Season two. Don't watch season two, Andre. You'll be even more mad. They doubled down. And there's a self in in episode two. These two, the gay parents of the Asian girl are sitting there justifying. It's like the writers, these old white writers are sitting here talking about justifying what they're putting on screen and throwing shade on other works of art that talk about gay, gay LGBTQ. IA, they're sitting there throwing shade on like these works of art that have addressed this. Like they're above it. 
fuck you. Fuck you for putting the vulnerable at risk. Because the majority, let's just say the majority can like handle it for now. Mm-hmm. As a person who is suicidal, I'm open about it with my husband. Maybe I haven't said it on this podcast. I have bad thoughts. I probably should stop drinking. I don't drink as much as I do, but I have moments where I go, shit, dude, I could Anthony Bourdain myself any time. And I can sit here and tell you that you don't have one thought about suicide. You don't have one trigger just because 13 people, unbeknownst to them in some cases, didn't know they were offending you. It comes to you in different ways. And also just the, the happy kind of joyful way this show has made this a treasure hunt of revenge. I'll read you a quote from Car Seat Headrest. Will Toledo said this on Twitter. He said, as someone who contributed to the soundtrack for 13 Reasons Why, I'm obliged to tell you that all of this is kind of fucked. Writers, please don't tell kids how to turn their miserable and hopeless lives into a thrilling and cathartic suicide mission. Fuck you, Netflix, for trying to get eyeballs. Two girls in California committed suicide after watching this film. We'll never know what was on their mind. The father blames the show. Contagion is a problem. This is why people don't do it. And now you're doubling down in season two where Hannah is a ghost. Hannah shows up as a ghost to investigate her suicide with Clay. Let me tell you. If you don't survive it, you don't get to come back as a fucking ghost to investigate something that took you out of this world. Fuck you guys. I'm going to calm down and let you talk now. Tapping out. (laughs) Do you have anything to... I know, like, Ian's not going to be like, girl. (laughs) No, it... it, It's like, I have a guy to live with you, so maybe calm down. It really sounds like, you know, that they're being irresponsible... And I, I'm not going to see the second season. I, I don't, from what you guys are saying, I don't think it's necessary. I'm going to read the book before I burn it. I can't, I'm only into like almost the end of episode two, but just seeing these two men sit on the couch and just justify, it's the writers, it's the producers justifying what they're doing. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. On that scene alone, I was like, oh, bitch, now my neck is rolling. I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubts. Now you're sitting here rubbing our faces in it. Now you're sitting here going, let me justify my grandstanding and my bloodlust. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's like, you know, all they're worried about is making a buck. Because you could be responsible and deal with an issue like this, mental illness, suicide, um, bullying, all this kind of stuff. You can, deal, you, you, can, you can do it right. You just have to take the time to, to, yeah. to, and sensitivity to do it. But they took the time to ask people and they said, don't do it. And they were like, oh, but yeah, okay, but yeah. Yeah, well then, you know, fuck them. Right. You're a greed head who took the money. Yeah. You know who does it, I think, better than most, Mr. Robot, because it's star Rami Malek, again, my fave. I know. I don't know. He went out and he hired, he talked to a, a psychologist who now became then a, uh, a consultant on the show. You know, he talked to people who had DID and other disorders from bipolar to schizophrenia to on the spectrum. He sat down and he talked to people and, and the actor wanted to know and he brought that to the piece. Fisher King, Robin Williams. Fisher King talked about, sort of dealt with that homeless aspect. I know it's dated, but if you guys want to check out a show, a film that I thought treated the topic well, gave dignity to those who live in the streets who, who don't have access to care. 
I know it's a stretch, but I got to tell you, it was beautifully done. Robin made us care about those people at the time. It was a big deal. Again, none of y'all were born. I think I'm on the fence about Sharp Objects, which talks about cutting and the character's suicide attempt after triggering a young girl who asked. They were both in lockdown at a rehab center. She said, will it get better with your family? And she said, no, it won't. But again, it's exactly what I'm talking about. The older girl in the cell with the very young, vulnerable girl didn't know that what she was saying to her was going to trigger a suicide. And the young girl, watch the scene. It's hard to watch. Oh, my God. Talk about hard to watch. But the show is responsible for it. The show takes ownership of what it did. It takes ownership of that. It doesn't just go, hey, we got some eyeballs. Fuck everybody. Jillian Flynn is very aware of what she's writing. And she's a faithful consultant and screenwriter on the show. I'm still out on how I feel about it. And even Amy, uh, is it Amy McAdams? She can't do a second season. She said, just playing this character wore me out. And people have to deal and struggle. And it made me so much more sensitive to just how people are just drugged down in the trenches of their lives. Mm -hmm. So there is no coming back from suicide. I think about the nights that I could have pulled it off, and I'm so grateful the next day. I was in the MRI machine today, and I'm going to give you a moment, you guys, to talk, but let me just say this one thought. I was laying there today with my hand. I've never had an MRI. It was scary as shit. It kind of triggered me. I, was, I have claustrophobia, and I was like, oh, shit. I almost freaked out a little bit, but I soldiered on because I had Medi-Cal, and I didn't want to go back, and God knows. Um, and I wanted to know what's going on with my finger because it's all fucked up. And I was just laying there thinking about how grateful I was to be alive and that I hope that the cyst in my finger isn't cancer. And it, I flashed to earlier in the month where I wanted to be dead and gone. And those two conflicting thoughts can live inside your head. And I can't explain it to you except for to tell you that you don't want to be gone, but then there's times when you want to be gone. And I have a wonderful life. And I have perspective and reflection. So you creating this show around, around people who are still forming themselves and putting this out here to be a PSA or a deterrent, you have no fucking right. No fucking right. I, now I really am tapping you in. Go ahead, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> well... If we sort of look at this as if we look at the bigger picture on why all of this is sort of happening, Netflix is very like, first of all, it's it relinquishes a lot of creative control to the people that they give their shows to. So it's not like there's like a Netflix CEO making all these decisions for this one individual show among the like 40 original movies that are coming next month. And it's a blessing and a curse. Like, blessing is Stranger Things. We get, we get things like Stranger Things. And then the curse is this show. Right. And I'm, I'm really... You can bring awareness to a topic all you want. The problem is, if you don't do it correctly, and if you don't do it with enough research, people are going to see this show. Very impressionable people are going to see this show and think that this is how it's done. Because people are not 
going there people are lazy they're not going to go out and do research and talk to people that have had people in their lives commit suicide and know what how it actually affects people this show is about a girl who commits suicide and shows posthumous posthumous retribution to people that raped her bullied her whatever but it does not touch on the fact it does not touch on how it affects the larger picture of mental illness, how it affects the people around her. The only reason people are reacting to this, the 13 people for the 13 tapes, that's the only reason they're sort of reacting to this because now that they're brought into the center of this conflict and they have to do something. And I'm I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to come out for Netflix at all because I do think that they do some really great things most so say, of the time. Yeah. Sense8. Yeah. Sense8. Stranger Things. Orange is a New Black to an extent. Yes. Um, but I am, I am when sorry. When it's about the black you people. You cannot have... You cannot have a theme of... And it's a theme of rape in your show and have the show based on a book written by an author, a male author, who was accused of sexual assault. It is laughable. Word. It is inc- it is unbelievable, and you've also just greenlit a third season. Netflix. Are you kidding me? What is going on? Who hurt you? Let's talk. <sighs> Let's sit down. Figure out what's going on. I mean, I really. This is just. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like really trying to get my, myself together to like talk about this, but it's so hard. My my brain's like literally going a mile a minute. No, I get you. But. Ugh. Ian, you say something because I literally can't talk right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I remember watching the first season, and um, you know, because I'm, you know, a grown ass man, I, I it didn't affect me um, the way it would someone who was younger and 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 emotionally or even older or, or older just yeah. a different person a different person yeah a different suicide person. does not belong to any demographic so but but looking back at it and, and it was it was like this you brought it up you know that the writers did they made you know it's a, a treasure hunt sort of a you know this this riddle and it's almost a game and this topic is not a game hannah in the bathroom with a razor blade what is this fucking clue yeah and and to look at it like that is just it's it's appalling that they're actually doing this and then the fact that there's another season and I can't believe that and then being green, greenlit for a third one it's you know it it, it is really um it, it it's it's unthinkable that they they find themselves um okay with this uh, Dr. Yeah. Rand Reidenberg, he's an executive director of Suicide Awareness, Voices of Education. He was asked to review the 13 seasons. Why? The entire season uh, prior to the show's release. And he told a reporter that he had a number of concerns about it. Let me write, read his quote. He said, the glamorizing, sensationalizing, memorializing aspects of the series, the violence and brutality, the rape, the failure of reaching out for help, the lack of options and alternative to Hannah's suicide, the revenge plot. Had he been involved earlier, he said, he would have advised producers to do everything they can do to reduce the risk of copycat behavior and suicide contagion by following safe messaging standards. Now, you realize when the first season aired, it took them a minute to start doing at the top of the show 
the due diligence to say, hey, if you're struggling, reach out here. It took them a minute to course correct. They didn't even, after all of this. They were still insensitive. Yeah. About it. And he said, in this same Dr. Reidenberg said, it has definitely started a conversation, but it hasn't been the right one. So that is not a success to yes. me. Thank you. Thank you. That, I think that's what I, that's what I was trying to say before I completely lost my train of thought. Our, our criticisms of this show and the way we sort of disagree with how things go, it does not erase the fact that there are people who are now talking about this. There are kids talking about this with their parents. It's created closer relationships. So this hopefully happen, happens less often. But that in itself, the fact that there are some benefits does not erase the fact, does not invalidate the fact that this is affecting people negatively. There are psychiatrists, professionals in their field, literally saying, I don't think this is a good idea. And here's the thing. It's not like this show is like on HBO or Showtime. It's on Netflix. It's accessible to a large amount of people. A lot of people got a Netflix account. Yeah. Of all ages. Of all ages. A, a 10-year-old could watch this. Like, I'm, I'm being dead serious. Sure. And I, I just, I, re- I really don't know. And it's, it's so funny to me, the, the whole, like, audience topic, too. Like, if it really is geared toward teens, then do you really feel justified in showing them a three-minute rape scene? Or a five-minute, yeah. like, very explicit suicide scene. Right. I mean... I saw the shit I, in the 70s really, really theater. Like, when I was coming up, I saw some 70s. They were very graphic in the 70s. Uh, my dad, you know, I saw my first porno with my parents. My dad took us to the drive-in and just put a blanket over us and said, don't look. I'm a fucking kid in the back of a fucking car and tell me don't look. What am I going to look? It's the first time I saw a penis. And it was like an 80, it's on an 80-foot screen. And it was, I'll never forget this penis. I can draw you a picture of it, man. And then the second penis I saw was my grandpa's because he was an old crazy drunk. And he just came out during the family reunion and whipped it out. But it's like, and people tell these stories as badges of courage, you know, boomers and Gen X, you know, oh, I survived, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm going to tell you, we may have survived, but let me just say to answer that bullshit that Gen X people say all the time and boomers say all the time, we are scarred. We are broken. And even though I don't have children, our children are scarred by our experiences. They are scarred by our sometimes lack of response to things. I'm not saying this is all your parents' fault. Again, you come to suicide through many doors, many doors, socioeconomics, genetics, circumstance, accident. The fates sometimes are against you, unlucky just so many different ways, but don't sit here and say, well, I survived it. I got to tell you somebody who used to hear that all the time. Yeah, we survived a bunch of shit, but I got all the scars and it's painful and I haven't gotten through it yet. I got through my 54th 54th birthday. I'm not out of this alive yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do feel vulnerable as well. And I do reach out to a friend of mine who his father committed suicide and didn't leave a note, probably for insurance reasons. It has had a profound effect on his life. And every year that goes by, he is dealing with his own uh, medicine levels and getting off of this drug to be on this drug to find happiness. It's just a fucking struggle. This last year, he got himself off of a powerful drug that he knew that if he stayed on it would kill him. 
And he worried about if I get off this drug, well, then I kill myself. He had just met a new love and his life is great, but his brother has schizophrenia. And mm-hmm. in the conversation in his mind always goes back to the, the day his father killed himself. I go to the moment that my friend called me and said, this is the nineties where a friend jumped off the Verrazano bridge and he couldn't ever get over it because he had to go identify our friend at the morgue. And he was like, I can't, it fucked him up. I mean, I think I talked to him two years ago. We still talk about it. If you want to put it on screen, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about how it is not that actress got to walk away from that set that day. And Nick may be justified in saying, you know, this is what happened to me and blah, blah, blah. But Nick, you're still here, bitch. You're still here. And again, I'm glad you're here. But you don't get to make this decision and brutalize people and possibly put them in harm's way because you want to tell your story, your fucking story, Nick. Your story is not their story. So how fucking dare you, dude? How fucking dare you? You just, you want that fame, you want that money. Well, you're famous in my mind. You're infamous to me because I just don't, if you want to come on the show and talk about and justify your actions too, I can take you on because I'm suicidal right now. Not tonight, but I've got battle scars and I've I've somehow fucking survived and lived to, to be with a good man and I have a good life, but there's so many people who were not in this position and my fate could change tomorrow. So before you take that money, why don't you be responsible to your fucking art? Why don't you be responsible to your fucking self, your fucking community and the vulnerable out there, dude. And the writers of the show. He doesn't, he doesn't bear this all on his own. There's a lot of people who need to bear this on their own. There was someone in that writer's room that said, hey, instead of her popping pills, what if we just like have a scene where she like slices open her arms instead? That'll and be somebody cool. said, shit, no, no, that's just not cool. Let's not do that. Hey, no, let's not do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask Lisa, do you think that the opinions we have are because we have, sort of have personal experience with this? Do you sure. think you need to have, do you think like, you need to have that personal experience to sort of have this viewpoint? No, not at all. I mean, I don't think you own any of these kinds of things. I think I'm more susceptible to it because I feel this way. I think I'm more susceptible with it because I deal with depression and all my other fucking issues. Mm -hmm. And they're undiagnosed because I don't make enough money to talk to a professional. Um, I try to do my own self-cognitive therapy, which is probably why I'm also half in trouble most of the time. Um, I don't think you have to necessarily come from this place. Um, but I think it helps. How do you feel about that? Asking that mm-hmm. question back to you. Like, what do you think? I agree. I think I think maybe a better question would have been for the people that sort of are not viewing the show this way. Like, and, lighten up. It's just I mean, a TV could, show. We're blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Like, those people who, who haven't had, you know, multi- mental illness sort of touched their lives like that, do you think it's because of that? Do you think they're not sort of... I don't really know. There's a lot and of I people. Mean, My entire wanna, life is I don't want to assume. Up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to pre- presume anything. There might be someone listening that thinks the show is just fine and, you know, had sort of their own experience with that. And, yeah, you but know I what? Just... Don't listen to this podcast. It's okay. You know, well, I mean, I've, I've you never need our approval. Just watch it. I've care. never had experience. I mean, I, I have never had, you know, friends, people I knew 
in the past um, commit suicide. So I, I've never had a close experience with it, but that does not give me the excuse to be insensitive and mm-hmm. to uh, to take to take the issue for for my own profit and and to. Yeah, but I'm not mad at the viewer, though. No, but no, I'm just saying it's like I I don't think you know you need to be um, have a close interaction with something to have the feelings uh, opinions that we're having. Right. It's just an awareness. Right. Yeah. You know, and I would expect someone, you know, especially what it takes to go through. Uh, pre-production, production, writing, everything that you have to go to to get something on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And and the money you have to spend, the time you have to spend, that you can overlook something so... It's very glaring. Yeah. And and when when you have professionals telling you don't do this, and you do it still... And then you come back and you double down on season two. And then you're going to do and it again. And then you sign up for yeah. season three. That, that, that to me is unexcusable. I think they are now good. I will say this, people who are going to come and say you have to finish watching season two. I agree. I've o- I'm only, I haven't even finished uh, episode two, season two. I will do the due diligence of seeing it. And we can revisit this topic. That's fine. But what I am seeing is like there's a justification of the other characters. We're now getting to hear what the other, those other 13 people also went through, their struggle. And I think the show heard some of the criticism and is, is actually going to try to answer those things. But we can't get away from the fact that you guys were, you definitely were romanticizing it. I know you don't want to say that and you will never admit to that. But I look at it, and it was very powerful and compelling, and there was, a, there was that element to it, man. You can't deny it. That's why it's just – that's why people like it so much. That's why it's made a lot of, of views and money for y'all. I mean, guy, come on. Admit that. So maybe I think season two is answering those critics. And by far, it suffers from that because now we're getting other people's views. And we've got Hannah's ghost. I don't know if I would have rolled with the ghost story. Which makes you kind of look like, I don't know, just not. I don't know what Hannah's ghost is going to say. I know that Clay's trying to make out with his new girlfriend who's also a cutter, who is also vulnerable like Hannah, who is also, he can't get intimate with her, he can't get close to her. It's only five months after Hannah's suicide, and it's the fallout, and it's the trial because the mom is now suing the school system and the school. And we have this trial kind of thing, and then there's all of, you know, there's a sensitivity training that the school counselor is trying to get the, the jocks to do and, and the rapist is walking around in the hallways. And I just feel like no one has listened, truly listened at this point to the criticism. And I, and I see how it's going to go. And, you know, at one point, I'm going to be like anything where I just feel like, again, I'm breaking my rule. I'm putting something on the podcast to shit on it, but I didn't mean to come here to do that. I really, here's where I'm coming from guys. Let me just explain this to you. I'm not here to like shit in your cornflakes. I'm not here to tell you what to do or what to watch or what to enjoy. I straight up actually fucking care about people. Ian can tell you he's known me for a good while now. I actually fucking care. People act like assholes and make it hard for me to care. So I've ghosted a lot of motherfuckers because you don't care about me. You just care about yourself. But actual people in the world, it took me a long time to like people because I was, I'm not a victim, but I was raised kind of rough and I didn't really believe in people and I got let down a lot and I got hurt 
And so I inflicted a lot of pain on other people because I didn't see the cost and didn't care. And then it wasn't that I grew up. It's that my heart got filled in by something. It happened gradually. And I started to actually give a shit about people. It took me a long time. So here I am. I don't want you to tune into a show and be in a weird place and feel like it's all good. And then you have dark thoughts one night and feel like this is a good way to go. It is not a good way to go. That's why I don't have bullets in my house. That's why I talk out loud to my partner. You know, and if you don't have that, like I said, please, if I can help you get there, I am not. I don't even know how to do this, but I can help. Maybe you talk to somebody. There's resources and stuff like the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. There's a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Y'all, I've never reached out to those resources. I've never called one of those lines before. I don't know if they do good. I'm assuming they do good. I hope y'all do good. You know, just just uh, just existing, I think, is is God's work. There's also other foundations, but I can tell you when I've been in I've been in a really dark place. The last fucking thing I did was Google some shit. I want y'all to Google some shit. You know, turn on some good TV, turn on some good music, reach out to somebody, anybody. Because I tell you, when I've done that, it has stopped me in my tracks. I don't know if this is good advice to give you. I'm scared to death to even give y'all the worst. I mean, I'm scared to death to do this podcast. Because I don't want to let you down. I mean, I'm terrified of putting this out there. Because I don't want you to hurt. I certainly don't want you to go away. Because it does, it gets better, it gets shittier sometimes, and it gets funnier. It's always interesting. And then I've been in so many places past my suicidal moments. Like there's been four major ones where I'm like standing there going, I am so glad I didn't do that. Dude, if you told me I was doing X, Y, and Z, usually it's small stuff. It wasn't like being in some big grand event. It'll be times where I look at my husband's face and we're sitting here talking. And I'm like, I'm so glad I did not kill myself. Or I'm so glad I didn't abandon my dog. I'm so glad I got to meet Andre. Count your blessings. If you can't find them to count, let's talk. Let's find some blessings. I don't know. I'm terrified. But this show, it hurts my feelings that y'all did this at all in the way that you did it. And I'm willing to talk to yeah. anybody uh, about it. We're willing to talk to you. I mean, I know we're nobodies to y'all, but I like somebody to like really have an honest conversation about this. You know, you call me directly. I don't need your fucking PR person calling me. I don't do that Hollywood shit. But, and you don't owe me anything, but I think you owe a lot of people a real explanation for why you needed to do this the way you did it and why you just keep doubling down, man. Maybe the answer's in season two. Maybe I show up well, and I will come back on another podcast and address this if I'm wrong. But the damage is you did season one, and then a year later you did season two. So maybe even if you do answer your questions, you still put season one out there and let it float. 
Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, I think you sort of summed up why we're doing this podcast in the first place. Um, I really don't feel like we're shitting on the show. I really don't. I feel like we're having a conversation that sort of needs to be had. Um, and listen, in I I sort of get what the show was trying to accomplish. I do think we need to bring awareness about suicide into sort of the, the you know the teenage sort of things because it it is a very often adult topic. And to bring it into that sort of realm that there are kids also going through this. Absolutely. I get that. I get that they they wanted to bring awareness. But I I completely draw the line when you have professionals of that field telling you not to do this. When you change the suicide scene for dramatic effect. When you show a three-minute rape scene. It's not okay for me. It's no. really not okay. No. It's, not, it's not defensible. What I think this show was supposed to be was was for a way to peop for people to watch it, have a conversation about it, know that it's happening on a daily basis. I agree. And for some people, for some people, that is the conversation they're having. And I guess if anything can anything good can be said about the show, at least it is touching some people in a way that will help prevent this from happening. And I would but do want to speak to that. To me it, yeah, go ahead. Yes, Sorry. and but still, in my book, it just does not. It it comes off as not genu genuine anymore, especially when we're when we're milking the cash cow that is going to be this third season. It re it really does not sit well with me at all. So, if, but if it spoke to you that. and if it saved you and it did deter you, look, man, fuck me, great, then fuck me. I'm glad you're still here. I mean, fuck me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want you to be here. You know, I, I can only tell you as human beings, we, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this to ourselves. There's some circumstances where I, I get it. Yeah, sure. They're very rare. You know, there's, there's so, there's so many fucking good things. And I, I'm, I would be a shitty suicide hotline counselor. I'm not, Cause I'm still in my own shit, I guess. I, and I can only tell you the answers that saved me. Cause I asked myself, you know, I, I'm an, I don't believe there's a guy with a beard and this guy that I can talk to. So I talked to myself. Um, I don't know what to tell you, but if this show has given you life and joy, fuck me. Then fuck me. And you stand in defense of this show. Fuck me. I'm glad that you're here. That's the most important thing to me is that you're here. And all we got to do, man, I don't know, one foot in front of the other. I fucking hate cliches. I hate posters with a fucking cat hanging off a, a branch. Uh, I don't trade in like people send me like a get well card or sorry for your loss. I never say this shit in social media because sorry for your loss. It's like fuck off, you know. Mm -hmm. I know you mean well. I mean, my dad's funeral, people's funerals, my friend's suicide funeral. And some people just say, they don't know what to say. I'm just like, Let me, here's, a, here's a thing. Just don't say nothing. Just hug me and slip me $5. Because <laughs> I always take money. I just, you know, just for, you know, I can give it to a charity. Or I'm just like, just, just hug my neck and give me some money. Because um, <laughs> then I can turn around and like, I can buy something for the family or I can do for somebody. I can give to a charity. I can get somebody a bus ticket to get, you know what I'm saying? Like, just hug your neck, say nothing, give yeah. somebody like $5, a dollar, 75 cents change in there out of your, 
your car. You don't have to like, we get it. We, it's very simple. But when yeah. it comes to this kind of stuff, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. That's why I was so nervous about doing this is because I don't have the answer except for maybe do no harm is my thing. You know, don't take it on if you're not going to be responsible. I think now I'm just repeating myself. But what were you going to say, Andre? Uh, well, hopefully changing it to a bit bit more uh, positive because I know we've been heavy for yeah, a while. Been bitching up a storm um, up in here, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, I, I was sort of wanting to pick your brain on what, in a perfect world in the next couple of years, what would you like to see depicted on any TV show, film, in a way that you think is more true or accurate or beneficial? I'd be the last person to ask because it's so, it's, you can't, it's like no, not every gay or bi or trans or intersectional or pan or cis or hetero person is the same. And not Mm -hmm. every suicidal person is the same. Some people, like, they just can't afford to pay their bills anymore. And they don't want to go. And maybe they're very religious and they fear death and the whole nine and they got to go. Some people are over here going, I've lived a life. This is where I am. And something in their brain or the DNA or whatever will never know goes, I'm out. We'll never know. Maybe his widow knows why Anthony Bourdain, a man who loved and lived his life, peaced out at that age with a young daughter. People speculate it's about his drug use or that the fact that he was a drinker. We'll never fucking know. It's a complicated issue. I've had friends who got a bad AIDS diagnosis. They were friends of friends, but they pieced out. They knew that there were a, a long, ugly road ahead of them and they couldn't do it. They were watching friends die around them, so they pieced out. Um, I had friends who survived like a trauma, and I suspect one of them was a suicide very clever person made it look like maybe it was an accident. Some people get bullied, but it's more complicated than that. Some people don't think they can live with shame. Some people live in small communities. If this comes out and somebody, and I want to share something. I got an email. This is, this is something that just occurred. This happened to me like several days ago. I got one of these spam emails and I knew it was spam, but for a minute I was like, mm. and it said, you know, you, your password's been leaked under this site or whatever and we know you've been doing some crazy sex shit and again i know it's a scam out of ghana or wherever again i love you guys in ghana i'm just saying they traced it to ghana but it's like somebody was trying to shake me down for some e-coin uh <laughs> you know for some bitcoin like one of thirty two hundred dollars and saying like you know 2009 like we have bitcoin yeah it's like <laughs> you know you gotta you were doing something nasty on the internet and blah 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 and i gotta tell you i'll be honest i had to think for a minute I had to go, did I, was I, because it was a situation I was in in a relationship that was not cool, and I might have, I might have done some things on the internet with the camera on, and I'm sitting here thinking, <laughs> and this is my honest to God thought, the first thing I thought was, holy fucking shit, because they're like, I'm going to release this, these images of this video to everybody in your contacts list, and my man, my mind, I don't know why I took it so seriously, was like, Okay, I guess I have to explain this to my in-laws. That's going to be the hardest one. <laughs> my cousins are going to laugh. Um, all the people I don't work with anymore because I, I've been self-employed for a long chunk of change. I'm going to be like, well. <laughs> but deep in the pit of my stomach, I was just like, fuck. 
You know, I know it sounds like I'm an idiot that I fell for this. I didn't fall for it, but I did have a moment of going, because shame is a thing I have to deal with. I thought, what's my joke going to be? Because I go to humor, it's my default, right? Mm -hmm. I was skinny in 2009, man. So even if you had me masturbating on the camera, I was pretty hot back then. (laughs) Right? My default is humor. But inside, I would have been wrecked if this were real. By the way, motherfuckers, I don't have $3,200 in Bitcoin. You should look at my fucking bank account, dude. I ain't got shit, okay? <laughs> Shaking down the wrong bitch. But I'm just like, I can only imagine if you didn't have people around you or you didn't have years, time on the water, and mm-hmm. someone said, you know, some boy that you were innocently flirting with or some girl you were innocently flirting with, and they put your shit in the streets... And you are not in a place to, do, to, to handle that. The fuck, man? You know, I've been through some battle-weary shit. I have lived a life. I've lived more than most. Somebody, I think I, I, I went to a palm reader one time. She looked at my hand and she goes, what the fuck's going on? I have like crazy like lines that I've had since I was a kid. I think I was born with my, my hands around my face like, fuck. My mom had it a hell of a time passing me through her vagina. But I was just like. You know, I've lived a fucking life, man, and it's still tough for me, so I can only imagine what it is for someone who, you know, if they had lived 20 years later, they would have seen that differently. I'm almost sure of that. Mm -hmm. I'm almost sure of that. And the parent would have sat there, the parent is powerless to go it doesn't matter fuck it but the kid doesn't hear that the kids my life is over i have to be in the sphere and they and the internet's forever this woman who got like who got ruined she had to pay a hundred thousand dollars and it's still her shits out in the streets on the internet like they don't rescind that stuff it's just out there forever and ever and ever she's a grown-ass woman who's a real estate agent she's like just ruined my life a vulnerable child that Black Mirror episode where all those people of all walks of life got that, you know, deliver the cake to, rob the bank, go to the, the woods and fight to the death and all that stuff. It sticks with me all the time. Thank you, Black Mirror, for making people think twice about that shit. <laughs> I just wish we were in a culture where we can say to people, you know, so many things that I don't want to say here because, again, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't know what I'm talking about. But if we were sitting face to face, there seems that I just, d- d- not defense, but some armor you could put on to go, f- fuck that, whatever. Because it's mm-hmm. all I know how to do is to go, I'm going to show a picture of people a picture of your vagina. I'm like, well, that was pretty cute in 2009. You know? But yeah, when you're young and vulnerable, that wouldn't. It's not where your head is. And I want to protect people. I want, I want so much to be the superhero that just can put armor around your mind and go, fuck that. So there's your tits. So there's your vagina. Fuck off, motherfuckers. You're going to live. You're going to walk out of this valley. And you are going to live. And this is not the end of your life. Fuck it. Fuck them. Come on. Who cares? Who cares? Fuck them. Yeah, in a couple of years, your world will get a lot larger. And let me write five jokes to your haters and the people who are spreading this around. Let's just let's go after it. 
Yeah. I'm probably saying all the wrong things, right? Okay, remember, I'm going to put these hotlines and some other um, outreaches on the website, on Twitter, on our homepage at ashlandpodcast.com. What do you want to say? I feel like I've done this thing where I, this, I feel like I just did uh, Hannah Gadsby's Nanette. I don't know how to leave the room. <laughs> I feel so awkward right now. I'm just like, I think I said too much. <sighs> no, I, I don't think he said too much. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, you're, you're telling your experience and how, you know, this show had had triggered feelings within you. And, you know, that's... You know, if it did do anything, we're talking about it, you know. Yeah, thank you, uh, 13 Reasons Why. But it's not... Gave us a conversation. Yeah. and but like you said, it's... Or like the uh, was said in the article, it's not the right conversation. Right. You know, it's... We should be we should be moving forward and, and, and um, finding solutions instead of... Coming up with a mystery story and aggrandizing this, and you know what I mean. It's it's unfortunate that they're doing that, yeah, and that they're 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 doing it without like with no shame. I'm mean, that's that's the take I have on it, and I could be absolutely wrong. I'm like wrong like ninety eight percent of the time. Like seriously, <laughs> I've just embraced the fact that. I'm just fucking wrong. <laughs> and I mean, this is just our opinions, honestly. As it always a, is. As that's, what a, that's what a fucking podcast is. is, guys. That That's the definition of a podcast. It is, unless you're listening to like, this is the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and you've got a doctor talking about like a heart surgeon about hearts and stuff. Literally, I would say like most of the podcasts who are out there are people's opinion, and that's what we come into the conversation. And I don't mm-hmm. get off on like saber rattling and, and lighting up a torch and going and storming the castle and going, fuck Netflix, because as you say, they do so many things well. It's just, I don't know, sometimes people have the temerity to put something out there and then they double down on justifying it. And I think people should listen. But the numbers don't lie. They're like, well, so many people support it. It's like, again, like the the whole Johnny Depp thing. It's like, but he's been beloved for so long. How can we turn on Johnny and hate on him? He's amazing. I loved him too. Mm -hmm. I loved him too until he put his hands on people, man. Yeah, yeah. I loved him right up into the doors of that. I loved him... Right up into the time he put his hands on people and then turned around and then just acted like it didn't happen. Well, here's yeah. the fu- here's the funny the funny thing. But why? How could we? How could we drop? You know, we can't drop Johnny Depp, but we can drop Mel Gibson. Yeah. So where, where's the? Why is there a or different James standard Gunn. there? Or James Gunn? Yeah. I mean, I'm not asking, I'm not looking for an answer, but I was just I'm like just saying, like we gotta guys, we just. There's so many people who roll their eyes. Social justice warrior shit. Yeah, you know what this is, dude. Let me just say, I don't, I don't fly under the banner of the Democrats. I don't fly under the banner of, of one flag. I don't believe in flags. Please look up Eddie Izzard's routine from 1999 about. Do you have a flag? That's how I feel about flags. Fuck you and your flags, uh, and and all the shit. I don't. I don't roll under one banner. I have a lot of, like a lot of us out in the streets, I have a lot of different opinions about this. I just, just don't be a fucking douche, man. 
And if you do wrong, yeah. repent. Fucking repent. Yeah. Apologize. It's literally, it's literally. And if what you we didn't do it, about. if you didn't do it, I didn't fucking do it, dude. And here's how and why. It's simple. <laughs> yeah. Johnny, you got an alcohol problem. You're drinking too much. You got way debts. And then you're putting hands on people. Just do, just, just rip a page from Hunter S. Thompson's world and just, just slow down and go, I'm sorry. And maybe I shouldn't go to the same place where my ex is. You know? Take the Brad Pitt uh, way, you know. Go take a. You, you probably know Brad. Y'all probably homies. He he sees that you know this it's this toe to toe fight that I don't want to lose. I mean, maybe if Amber was a mother of his children, I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't want to get off on Johnny Depp for a second. I haven't done that since high school anyway. So, I'm just saying, these conversations are not black. They're not white. They're not even fucking gray. They're plaid. The world is plaid. It's plaid, motherfuckers. There's so many days. You can feel five different ways about the same thing. You can. But in this case, I feel like this was, I loved your word, irresponsible. It's irresponsible. Yeah. And the, and the sad you know, fact of the matter is, Netflix is, is not gonna you know end the show anytime soon because whether people like it or not people are talking about it and people are seeing all this conversation and seeing and going oh i'm gonna watch it and see what i think or it can't be that bad you know well i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna here's what i'm gonna do for you guys who are like huge defenders of the show this is what i promise you I will watch all of season two. I will watch all of season three. I'll watch it. I, I am a firm believer. I'm not going to burn a book that I haven't read. I'm not doing it. I grew up in the South where people went, Catcher in the Rye, I can't even read. It's about the devil. I'm like, motherfucker. You know, they would burn shit. And I'm like, have you listened to this public enemy? They are saying, fuck the police. Just just FYI. And I'm like, we're just going to burn this, this. The Beatles is of the devil. And if you, you know, this stuff is tame shit. Like if you... You rolled back a certain song. You could hear like, you know, devil music and Led Zeppelin. And I'm like, oh, my God. We were very bored. There was no cable. But I am going to watch these seasons. And I will come back if my opinion changes or if I have a different take on it. And I, we will talk about it. I, I'm not going to just go, fuck it all. It's done. But you have, to, you have to admit, even people who love the show, it's a bad look. For season one. Can we just yeah. at least agree that in part, it's a bad look, man. And if you put anyone at risk with your art, you should take a, a pause. You should take a pause. And on well, that, I'm going to take a pause. Well, you let me know how season two and season three goes because I... I, I I get what you're saying, but I can't really sort of put myself through it. No, I'm just I, get here it. For, I get it. I'm here for a good time. No, like I'm no. I'm trying to have a nice summer. <laughs> right. right. And I mean, it's also one of those things like if it's not even me like wanting to see the show and like add things to the add add like things to the list of why I think the show is like not good and yeah, problematic. Yeah. I don't want to watch it just for that. Just to put it. But I also on. don't also don't want to put myself through 
some things that I know are are just going to happen. So Sure, exactly. And you know, know what? I support that. I really do. I totally support it. I mean, there's a huge difference in our ages. You know, and I'm not saying your skill set is is less than mine. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying I will I will take this on. I will I will watch it and you know, and if I feel like <laughs> you know, I need to come back and weigh in, I will. I, I don't know, but I am going to give it, I'm going to give it some space, you know, mm-hmm. because I can, right? But I agree with you. You're having a good time this summer, and there's just, there's just things I will not make space for. I will not mm-hmm. make space for some shit. So I feel you and support that and word up to that for sure. But I'm going to do it. You won't watch any of this stuff. It'll just be me on my own, just watching it in my underwear. It'll be fine. Sorry to give everybody that visual. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Okay, so the next podcast we're going to talk about something that's that everyone can relate to that is not problematic. Not really. <sighs> I don't think so. We're going to be talking about villains next podcast, so stand by for that. A uh, great suggestion by Andre is to talk about villains. I think it's uh, high time that I share all of my passionate feelings about villains or villains. Villains. It's mostly <laughs> a misspelled uh, pretty much classically across time. Is, is people spell it billions. I have a funny story about that. We'll tell it in the next podcast. Let me just say something. I do have a very serious PSA. By the way, again, I'm going to put up links for um, for some some sources where you can reach out, you can talk to people. And like I said, I am no, I am not qualified. But if you just need to talk to someone, and you don't have to even be in crisis. If you just want to reach out and say, hey, you don't have to come with like a, a thing. You can come with a thing or not with a thing. I'm not going to tell you what, what to bring to the thing. You don't have to have any things. But um, I am here uh, to talk as much as I can. And I will be very honest and say I don't know what I'm talking about. So I I just don't want to be responsible because I know I'm not responsible. I don't have kids. What the fuck you want from me? I just, But I am a human being that hopefully can talk. Okay, so... That aside, uh, I do have a public service announcement. I learned from Bette Midler today on Twiddler, twi- the Twiddler, uh, <laughs> the Twiddler. Uh, I, just, I read too much of our president's tweets. I just call it Twiddler now um, on Twitter that she said that, you know, most glitter and who, who doesn't love glitter? Uh, there was a time when I just lived in glitter. It was my favorite thing. And when I moved out of an old apartment, I lost a security deposit because they could not get the, tw- the, the glitter out of my shag carpeting. That's how old uh, that was. So you mean, so like glitter is in like... Glitter. The like, shiny, yes. the stuff that gets everywhere and yes. you can't get it out no matter how hard and you, you try. And you glitter bomb people. So I used to live for that shit. It was like so oh fun, God. right? <laughs> I would just coat myself in and it was a thing. Um, but Bette Midler, the Divine Miss M, said today on Twitter something I want to share with you guys, that uh, a lot of glitter that's out there is made from plastic. And when you wash that off and it goes down your drain, it goes to the ocean, whatever, it ends up in fish. So I just want to say uh, already uh, fish are irradiated from uh, the Fukushima nuclear um, plant. So I don't think you need your fish to, like, glitter and glow. I'm just saying... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so please only get biodegradable glitter. That's what Bet is telling me, and I'm going to pass that along. I think that is wise fucking practical advice. Enjoy your glitter, but get biodegradable glitter so the fish don't have to be like that all like extra. They already or like I said, can... glowing in the dark. 
Or you can be like me and just stay the fuck away from glitter. And you just, you're, <laughs> are you a glitter hater? I, I, no, yeah, I can't. Don't. I totally can't do it now. But when I was younger, it was like my jam. And now I just, I fucking hate it. But, but I understand you're celebrating your life. Just do it responsibly. <laughs> just saying. I mean, like, and then, then we've got the bad news that I don't know if anybody read this news item that the California wines are also irradiated because there's trace elements of radiation in all California wines. So tonight I am glowing in the motherfucking dark when I go to sleep. <laughs> Slaves on the power bill. Um, so I'm just saying don't add, gl- don't add glitter to your irradiated fish so much. You can get a biodegradable glitter, of course, because this is America 2018. It's just happening. I'm sure it's made in China. I don't know. Get y'all money, China. Uh, that was my little PSA. I just thought that was just really cool. Also, we talked about the tragus thing. Get something that's easy to like get out of the tragus. Uh, get sleep. Pay attention to your circadian rhythms. Fat is not bad for you, by the way. I've been wanting to say this for a long time on a podcast or anywhere. You need fats in your diet. This low-fat obsession yes, yes. needs to end. Eat your fats. Eat your fats. As a person who's going into their menopausal years, I am healthy as a horse because bitch believes in fats. And I would not listen to anybody. I also drink whole milk. So, ba-bam, in your face. So, yeah. <sighs> I want to stop rambling. You guys take us on out. I'm just going to sit here and let you two take us on out. Okay? Um. Okay. Uh, do do we? We're just gonna plug the social media again. Yeah, if, why not? If people are still here, uh, <laughs> so again, if you have any comments, anything you want to talk to us about, whether it be our episodes, anything, any topics you want us to talk about in the future, um, we have a growing list of topics, and we're really excited. There are definitely a couple that I'm. I definitely can't wait to get started on. Um, I definitely can't wait to talk about villains and how we all feel about that. Um, but yeah, if you want to get into contact with, with us, our email is ashlandpodcast.gmail.com. Our Twitter and Instagram is at ashlandpodcast, and the website is ashlandpodcast.com. And you can find us wherever you're listening, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, on the website. And Lisa's working on getting us on Google Play, I think I remember correctly. Yes. Um, and leave us a review. Uh, feedback is always good and it makes the podcast look more legit um, and while you're at it go ahead and subscribe so yeah that's that's my it's my social media plugin all right and uh, everybody good night good afternoon good morning and I love you peace peace <laughs>